Have you ever felt like you've needed something like an MBA or similar to even just to start investing, especially when you hear all these scary terms like compound interest or loaded funds? It can be scary to even get started, but it doesn't have to be that way at all. And today we're going to squash all that with our special guest so you can get started or even invest more with confidence. You are listening to Her Dinero Matters, the podcast helping Latinas have increased confidence and control over their finances. My name is Jen Hempel, and as an accredited financial counselor, my mission is to help you be more confident and simplify your finances so you can save more, get out of debt quicker, and build your wealth. Investing feels complicated to a lot of people. So you aren't alone if you're feeling that way. In fact, according to a Motley Fool research study, about 42% of Americans don't even own a stock. And you know that the number of Latinos or that percentage of Latinos is even smaller than this. We do tend to think when it comes to owning stocks or investing, we tend to think of the Wall Street guys and all the pressure and all the running back and forth and making quick decisions and losing money and then or earning a lot of money and just the big risk taking. But investing is not what you, you necessarily see on Wall Street. You can invest in other ways that is a lot easier because you don't need to be a stockbroker. <laughs> and actually, it's probably not for everyone just because it's a lot of risk and it's a lot of work and you don't have that time. We've got a special guest for you today. Her name is Tess Warehouse and she's been investing for a while. In fact, she has been able to build her net worth to $1 million and she's fairly young. She's in her 30s. Now, of course, I'm not going to tell you, and she's not going to tell you that it's been easy. She has stumbled along the way. In fact, she lost over $80,000. You're going to hear about that in bad investments in her 20s. So she's seen the highs. She has seen the highs and the lows of this, and she's been able to help thousands of women like you to learn how to grow their money with investing, just with some simple investing strategies. Tess is going to share with us the one costly mistake that she's made, the one thing you can do when investing is feeling overwhelming, and then she's going to share as well a practical rule of thumb that's going to help you figure out if you need a financial advisor at this point in your life. So let's go ahead and meet Tess. Bienvenida, Tess. I'm so thrilled to have you here. I know we've recently got connected, but I know you from the interwebs. I know you from Instagram more specifically because you've just been so kind on there to me and you're just doing some amazing things. So I'm excited to dive in and getting to know you and learning from you as well. Oh, thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. I've been listening to your podcast for a long time, and I was oh just so excited to be connected to you. So, so glad to be here. So you know how we do, since you've been listening for a while, we start with getting to know you, your upbringing, your money story. So if you could take us Tess, to a, back to a moment in time where that really shifted how you perceive money, you know, maybe it was an experience, maybe it was something you saw, if you could take us back to that moment and tell us about it. Absolutely. So there's two moments that I'll take you back to. One is growing up, I had 
two different families. I had my mom's family and my father's family. And so I would, you know, go visit my father on the weekend. And there was, there was a lot of instability. My biological parents have actually been married nine times collectively. Incredible. So, so you get a, a real sense of financial instability from that, just knowing that anything can happen. And so very early on, I was pretty afraid of money, wanting to make sure that no matter what happened, I would have enough money. So early on, I was babysitting, hiding money under my mattress. Like even as a teenager, I just wanted to make sure I could take care of myself. And so fast forward to when I'm in my 20s, I graduated into a recession in, in 2008. And like many of my peers couldn't find a job and got rejected from from so many jobs. I had a, a degree. I was so excited to have a degree that I could you know, go and maybe work in marketing or finance and I couldn't find any jobs. So I ended up as an aerial acrobat on a cruise ship. And that was my first job. That's so interesting and incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, because I had been very fortunate to get an athletic scholarship to college. And that was intentional because I really, again, was very aware of the scarcity of money or, or so I thought at the time, just had a lot of fear around money growing up. So the idea of getting a scholarship to pay for school was something I was super motivated to do. And thankfully, I was a decent springboard diver. That was the sport I did growing up in high school. I did that in college and, and was so grateful to receive a, a full athletic scholarship. So I'm very grateful for that privilege because that obviously helps me tremendously in my financial journey. So then after I graduated and I couldn't find a job, they were looking for national level divers to go on this cruise ship show and essentially be in like a Cirque du Soleil type show. So I went from trying to get a job at a Fortune 500 company to doing flips on a cruise ship and I did that for about three years. And so that's important because it allowed me to save a lot of money because when you work on the ship, you don't have to pay for food, you don't have to pay for accommodation. So I was super lucky to save money. And again, being somebody that was afraid of not having enough, I thought, okay, I have some money. I need to make sure I hire a financial advisor to take care of this money for me. So I hired a financial advisor and I gave them my money. And long story short, after a few years, I realized that there were a lot of things happening with that financial advisor that was costing me thousands and thousands of dollars in fees. They sold me a quote investment product that was really just an insurance product that they made a lot of commission off of. Um, so I was pretty duped by that experience. So after that, I ended up learning everything I could about investing and realized it's not as hard as I thought it was in the first place. And so now I feel morally obligated to help as many people as I can learn the basics so they don't end up being impacted the same way I was, which was you know losing thousands of dollars when I thought I was doing the right thing by hiring an expert. And you hired an expert. And that's what, you know, we hear hire, you know, make sure. And even I've said that because I am not a financial advisor, but you that's what we're it's ingrained on us, you know, especially when it comes to investments, talk to the experts, you know, because we're like you said, we are automatically have this image of investments as oh, just too much too complicated. I, I'm not smart enough. I can't do it right. Now, I want, there's two things that you said in that, in, in those two stories. I appreciate you sharing that. You shared basically with your upbringing, with your parents, you wanted to make sure you had enough money, right? And what aspect, you mentioned instability. 
Um, but what was there something else about that time that made that, you know, that caused that fear of not having enough, enough money? Because obviously you were babysitting and you were stashing money, <laughs> right, right, to save because of that fear of not having it. Was there anything else causing it or was there something deep, deeper in terms of that instability that the different, the divorces and, you know, going from one parent to another cause. I wanted to dive a little deeper into that. Absolutely. So yes, there's something very specific that I was observing growing up in that my mother would, who I lived with most of the time, she would say regularly that we don't have enough money for that, or we have to be really careful with what we're spending money on. And we lived in a, a very nice town and we were middle class and and a lot of people in the town had a lot of money so in comparison now i know that we were, you know i was very privileged and fortunate in a lot of ways but in comparison to everybody else in this town i felt like we were maybe not doing so well and then the other interesting contradiction to this was that my father so he was from from yauco from puerto rico and he came here and he looked like such a success he would pick me up in his bends on the weekend and he had louis vuitton this and that and knew all these celebrities and all this stuff and eventually they went bankrupt and he was behind mm -hmm. on mortgage payments and so i had these two very different situations financially where one was focused on scarcity and the other one appeared to be successful like i thought my father had all this money and then it turned out he didn't have anything so both of right. those were interesting situations that impacted my view of money and made money something that i needed to find and hoard <laughs> and protect and you know, thankfully, I've worked on a lot of money mindset things since then. But to be totally honest, Jen, it's it's a journey. I'm still it now is. I'm very comfortable. Yeah, like I'm I'm very grateful that I've learned a lot and I've made a massive amounts of strides in terms of my investing. And I'm, I couldn't be more grateful for where I am today. And I'm completely safe and I have enough money to be secure, but I still get worried about it. So it's something that I'll probably always be working on, honestly. I hear you. I do that as well to this day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's some up, you know, there's some days I'm feeling, oh, this is, fa you know, everything's all fantastic. And then something happens and there's a cast of doubt or, or fear. And then I have to, you know, have to bring myself to this earth back again and remind myself where we're at financially that we're fine. Right. Exactly. So, but I completely understand. So I want to dive in also continue diving into that fear because you gave us some more specific examples of what led to that. But then you uh, shared with us that you went to college, which you got a full-fledged scholarship. You graduated from college, but then instead of going to work at a Fortune 500 company, uh, you went to the cruise ship. So I'm wanting to know at that time, what was your interest or what did you want to do and what led to the cruise ship? Was it the money aspect because of that fear or was it something else or just, I actually thought this was, be, you know, you know, the time that I graduated college was, you know, way before yours. I remember looking at cruise ships for jobs. I don't remember what was attractive about it. I don't know if the money was good. I can't remember. I just remember <laughs> that was an option for me. So yeah. tell us about why, why the cruise ship? It was desperation because I applied okay. for so many jobs. I wanted to be a brand oh, manager. 2008. 2008. Yeah. So 2009 yeah. is when I officially graduated, but that's a year after the subprime mortgage crisis. I got rejected from at least 30 different jobs, Jen. I applied for okay. everything and I had good grades. I had good references. It didn't matter. And so I was working at a dive bar that, that year trying to find something and my 
old diving coach reached out about this cruise ship opportunity. And I thought, that's crazy. That's not a good idea because I probably won't make much money. And my goal was to make as much money as possible, regardless of what it did to my mental health or physical health, because it was I was so afraid. So I couldn't find a job. And I ended up on the cruise ship very reluctantly. And I will tell you that it is the happiest accident that ever happened to me because I, one, realized that there's more to life than working for what I perceived as, you know, the ultimate dream of working for a Fortune 500 company. I met incredible people. I got to do this super cool job. I got to travel all over the world. And I didn't make the most money ever, but I got to save so much because we didn't have to pay right. for anything. So it ended up being financially probably the best choice I could have made, ironically, just because I didn't have to pay rent and I didn't have to pay for food. So I was able to save everything. And then that's, you know, once I had enough to start investing, that's when I reached out to a financial advisor to help me do it, which ended up being a mistake. But I'm still very grateful for the cruise ships because it was such a cool experience and it kind of opened my mind to other types of opportunities and jobs. And now I have a business and I do something different. And I don't know if I would have done all that if I hadn't had this strange, unique opportunity to be on a cruise ship flipping around for money. <laughs> so, so interesting. Yeah. Now let's talk about the financial advisor a moment. Did someone tell you you should talk to a financial advisor or what led to the financial advisor and what type of, a, I know what type of financial advisor this person was, but tell us about the type of financial advisor. But first, what led to you saying, hey, I need to talk to a financial advisor? Sure. So I started learning about investing and I was committed to doing it. I didn't know much about it, but I knew that it was a way to grow your money. And I think, unfortunately, I just picked up the wrong books. Like I remember picking up a book okay. about picking stocks and I read through it and it seemed kind of complicated and risky. And so I thought, you know what? I should find somebody else. Now, I wish I had just picked up a simple book on basic index fund investing and we can talk about what that means because there are super easy ways for anyone to start investing, even if you don't have a lot of knowledge. But I picked up the wrong book that was very confusing. So after that, I just thought, you know what? I don't want to make any mistakes here. I'm really afraid of losing my this nest egg that I've created. So I'm going to hire somebody I know. So I hired a fiduciary financial advisor. And that is somebody that's legally obligated to act in your best interest. And this was also, Jen, somebody I knew and trusted. I had I'd grown up wow. with was a few years older than me. And I will say that before I get into the mistakes or I would say like negligent choices they made on my behalf, I don't necessarily think they are a bad person. I just think right. that the industry is set up in such a way where what's best for that's the financial- they were taught. Exactly. That's what they're taught mm -hmm. and what's best for them. And you know they need to feed their families too and, and they're doing their best. And unfortunately, what they're taught is not always in the best interest of the consumer. So what ended up happening was over time, I started to get more interested in the way my money was being invested. And I learned more and I read more. I started investing in real estate around this time, which was ironic that I felt comfortable to do that, <laughs> but not invest in the stock market because it seemed so aloof and something that is only for super special people. And uh, once I started to figure things out, I realized the fees I was paying were astronomical. I spent tens of thousands in fees with this person pretty early on. The funds I was invested in had high fees. So most people don't know that when you work with a financial advisor, there's the fee for the advisor, but then the investments they choose, the usually mutual funds that they mm -hmm. choose to put in your account, those also have fees. They're called expense ratios. And so there's a lot of financial jargon, right? Which makes it more confusing. But an expense ratio is just 
a fee expressed as an annual percentage. So you're paying them a fee for managing your account. Then you're paying a fee for having the fund in your account. I was paying a fee for using the platform that they were using for my investments. And then on top of that, they had a sold me a annuity, which was not suited for somebody my age. I was in my 20s. Right. It was very complicated. And it was pitched to me like a really smart, savvy, strategic investment. And it was a terrible choice for me, Jen, because it locked up $20,000 that I cannot get access to until much later in life. And if I had just invested that in you know, simple index fund investing strategies, things that I teach women all the time now, uh, it would have grown to, to so much more. So those were some of the errors that were made that really impacted my the growth of my money. Right. And I want to address something because you mentioned if I would have picked up a, a book on index funds, I want to, especially for someone else that's listening that maybe has made a sim, you know, similar choice, I want us to think back to that time, you know, 2008, 2010, I think the like social media was, I don't know how new it was, but I don't, don't, I don't remember using social media. <laughs> so I think it was fairly new. And still at that time, if you think about it, the investing advice was very convoluted and not very, it, it wasn't presented in a simple way. And so for those, like for you, I applaud you for even taking the step of wanting to invest, right? And yes, you just went with what you knew. And and unfortunately, someone, the person that you confided in and trusted in didn't take care of you. But if we, we go back to those times, I think that's when we need to consider is that we didn't have easily accessible, well, Maybe some of the information was easily accessible, but easily to, easy to understand and simple to follow. And that's where like with social media and people like you that are taking those extra steps to because I didn't know this, I'm going to teach it that way. And you're able to better co to connect with people like me or, or the person listening right now. So I think if you listening have have gone through something like this. Just room, I, I think is something important to to remember or to really consider. Absolutely, I think that we have to give ourselves a lot of financial empathy when we're talking about money because even if you did try, it is it was very different mm -hmm. in terms of the information that was available. And it, as a financial coach and someone that teaches the basics of investing, I still think a lot of people don't have. I don't think I know that <laughs> most people don't have access to. To basic investing education that is digestible and presented right. in such a way that people can understand. And that's why I do what I do because I read a few books and I thought this is pretty easy, but I actually think there's more simpler ways to share this with as many people as possible so that they can feel confident and start learning how to invest on their own. And even if you don't learn how to invest in index funds on your own, or that's not something that you want to do, it's still so important to learn the basics so that you can protect yourself. And I didn't know the basics. And so, you know, some people say, well, like, I don't want to manage my own investments. I just want to pay somebody to do it. Even if you're in that situation, you still need a basic education so that you can vet and have an intentional, intelligent conversation with who's ever managing your money. Because at the end of the day, no one cares about your money more than you. So yeah, I think going back to this concept of financial empathy and giving ourselves grace, it's so important because even if you've tried in the past, it's been historically very hard to get straight digestible education. It just really didn't exist. And now it's so exciting that there's so many wonderful people really providing like you, like your podcast and, and Whitney Hansen's podcast. You just had her on. She's amazing. Like 
there's so many great resources out there now. And that's one of my favorite parts of the job is I love sharing as much of this information as possible. But there's just so many resources, to your point, that didn't exist that that exist now. So that's exciting. And I think that's real growth. It is. And speaking for those that maybe are just taking those first steps, no matter where they're at in life, and they're just still thinking this is this is too complicated. You mentioned index funds, but can you tell us, that person listening right now, what are some first steps or what are some tips that they can just implement right away to start investing? Or maybe they've started investing, but they just kind of put their money there and they just don't know what's going on. They just did it just to at least get started. So what would you tell that person? Sure. So the first thing I would say is Decide how you want to learn. I've worked with a lot of, I work with mostly women in their 30s and 40s. And some of them I end up coaching, some of them I just point in the right direction of a resource. But one thing I would say is think about the way that you like to learn. Are you somebody that is going to learn from a book? Some people can read one book. There's a fabulous book called A Simple Path to Wealth by J.L. Collins. Mm -hmm. That is one of the most wonderful books that can teach you the basics of starting your own portfolio and investing in index funds. And that book costs $12 or something like that. So if you're a book person, there's great books out there. If you're a course person, there's courses. And then there's also so, so many wonderful coaches too out there that can help you learn the basics. So I think making sure that you're staying true to yourself and not forcing yourself to read a bunch of books. If you're not somebody that likes to read, that's not going to work for you. So the first thing I would say is you can 100% learn the basics of this. But the only way you're going to learn is if you choose a method that you know you're going to be able to absorb information. And, and for a lot of people, that is actually talking to a human. So if you are listening to this podcast, you're already doing an amazing thing by taking control of your mindset by educating yourself. So continuing to listen to podcasts like this, even if it seems like information that you might already know, I always learn something every time mm -hmm. I'm listening to, to a podcast. So, so blocking time to learn the basics and you can start with a podcast or a book or whatever it is. If you want to start actually investing or you have an account that you're already investing in, the first thing I would do is make sure you actually log in and see if you can find your investments. And then a lot of people say, well, I have no idea what any of this means. Everything you're invested in has a ticker symbol and it is a list of letters. So if you're investing in a mutual fund, which if you have a 401k, you're probably investing in some kind of mutual fund or index fund. Everything you're invested in has a series of letters and you can actually just drop those letters into Google and get more information about what you're investing in. So that's one way that you can start. The other thing I would say is that understanding the high level history of the stock market is really, really valuable too. The wrong resources will scare you. They'll, they'll talk a lot about doom and gloom in the stock market, or you know, they will scare you in terms of like how hard it is investing in the stock market. And learning some of the basics, like understanding over time how the stock market works and that over time it's gone up and that it's impossible to time the stock market. Learning kind of like the basics of the history of the stock market can make investing way more accessible. So unfortunately, it's not as easy as like Googling like how to start investing because you could right. get like a ton of different resources, all sorts of stuff, right? So unfortunately, mm -hmm. like that's not the answer. But what you can do is find great resources, I would say, through your podcast, right? Like you've had so many amazing guests listening to guests and following along with what they're doing. Like that's a great way to start learning. And if you find somebody you like on, you know, if you're following somebody on Instagram or you're listening to a podcast, 
and and I don't want to offer this up, but if you reach out and say, hey, I want to get started, where do I start? Someone will help point you in the right direction. There are a lot of people that like, like you, Jen, that really care about helping women move forward with their money. And so I would say if you have no idea, like reach out and ask for a direction because there's endless amounts of resources that, and many of them are free and that can help you get started investing. And I want to add, including you, Tess, because <laughs> you teach about investing and I think you do such a fabulous job. So for you listening, just just keep that in mind as well. <laughs> Thank you. Now, when it comes, and I appreciate that. Now, when it comes to, because we've talked about, you know, the, your experience with a financial advisor, there's also DIY investing, which is what you teach. What are your thoughts? Because I, you know, at for a while, I always thought, well, if you don't know enough, it, I, I've always talked about how it's important to at least get your feet wet and understand because of the reasons that you shared earlier, right? And, and now, but then I always th I also thought too, for a while, I also thought, well, you should consult the professional when it comes to investing. But now I'm th now I'm thinking, you know what, especially now with what is accessible with all you know, people like you that are teaching investing, I feel like that more people, I'm not saying for you listening, this is what you have to do. This is just my thoughts right now at this moment when we're recording is that I feel like we should really try to do the DIY investing for now. And so my question to you, what are your takes as to who really should uh, use a financial advisor versus maybe who should try to do the you know DIY investing or it should is there maybe a time in your life because sometimes I feel like maybe later on in life when your portfolio is huge maybe that's the time to consult because you've got a bigger stake if you will so I just want to know your thoughts about that absolutely yeah I'm I'm aligned with what you're saying so I would say anyone under the age of 50 that's investing right now in a 401k or an IRA, if you don't know what you're invested in or you're working with a financial advisor, you absolutely want to get an education as soon as possible and start to learn the basics yourself so that you can decide if you want to DIY invest. And I will say, I say this all the time, it's so much simpler than you think, but you do have to get a basic education. And just to tap on to what we were just talking about on how to get started, honestly, like if you have no idea and you want to learn, send me an email or follow me on Instagram, like shoot me a DM and say, I like books tests like how do I get started and I will send you a book I like courses I like workshops there's so many wonderful people in this space so I will help point you in the right direction so first of all to give you a specific place to go I, I was just thinking like I want to create somewhere where they can go so feel free to DM me I'm at wealth with Tess on Instagram and tell me like I heard you on this podcast I want to learn this and I will send you a resource so that's one way I can help you get started but to your question about when it makes sense to work with financial advisors I would say that everyone should learn the basics the only time I think it's really absolutely critical is closer to retirement. So when you've built wealth and you're going to start withdrawing from your various accounts, then absolutely it makes sense to find a financial advisor or a good, oftentimes a good CPA or tax accountant can even help more because- I was say the tax implications. Yeah. They can help you decide whether to withdraw from different retirement accounts because all these accounts, Roth IRAs or 401ks, depending on how you've been investing them, are going to have different tax advantages. So finding a professional that has a really good understanding understanding of retirement accounts, whether it's a financial advisor 
or a CPA is going to be absolutely critical once you start withdrawing from the accounts you have. Um, the other time I would say it could make sense for a financial advisor is if you cannot trust yourself to invest in the stock market and stay invested. So if you are you know, still in the learning process and you're, you've tried to learn yourself and maybe you're just overwhelmed and the emotions of the stock market get to you. Like you see the news and you're, you panic and you think, oh, I want to take my money out of the stock market. That kind of emotional behavior can cost you thousands and thousands of dollars mm -hmm. in returns if you're being reactive to the stock market. So if you know that about yourself, you might be a good candidate to find a financial advisor. What I will say is that, you know, I talked about all the fees that I paid the financial advisor when I worked with them, there are wonderful financial advisors that charge a flat fee. So they charge you on an hourly basis or a project basis that will help build a plan. And the fees are very transparent. And some people will think, you know, flat fee advisor, oh, it costs, you know, a couple thousand dollars to work with that person. That's way more than 1% of what I'm investing. But over time, that 1% is going to end up being likely so much more than a flat fee advisor. So there are wonderful advisors that charge just a flat fee to work with them. And again, feel free. I'm at Wealth with Tess on Instagram. Feel free to DM me and I will send you a few recommendations of flat fee advisors that are phenomenal if that's you. But I really prefer that model because it's transparent and you know exactly how much money you're paying. And they also, in that case, they don't care how much money you're investing. With a financial advisor that charges, the percentage fee is what's called, it's AUM, Assets Under Management. With a financial advisor that charges that, they they are going to want you to continue to invest and keep your money invested because that's how they're making money. Where a flat fee advisor doesn't care how much you invest. So there's no conflict of interest in terms of them recommending a roadmap for you. So those are the two categories. I would say, you know, pre-retirement, when you're ready to start withdrawing money, definitely worth it to get some professional help. And if you just know yourself and you're like, I'm going to panic <laughs> all the time about the stock market. And I would say, give yourself a chance to learn first, right? Because you might surprise yourself on what you learn about the basics of the stock market and, you know, learn about index funds and, and index funds are, are a simple, by the way, I want to back up here and talk about what that is really quickly. Um, I've mentioned index funds already, but index funds really simply put are funds that hold a bunch of stocks at once. So you don't have to pick stocks. And a lot of times they perform better than funds that are actively managed by a money manager and they have low fees. So that's like the quick and dirty on what index funds is. I could go on and on, but I don't want to get too tactical here. What I'll say is give yourself a chance to learn first. But if you learn and you're super overwhelmed, it's better to get started investing than not invest at all. That's what Absolutely. I would say about that. Love it. Well, Tess, this has been so fantastic. You're just a phenomenal person. I appreciate you being here and sharing your knowledge. Is there anything else that you want to leave us with? Maybe something that you didn't touch upon that you'd like to share with us that would really help someone listening right now? Yeah, I would just say that, you know, we spend however many hours a week, some of us 40 hours if we're working in corporate. If you're entrepreneurs, it's probably more hours than that, depending on what you're doing. And we spend all this money, all this time in these jobs, some of which are really hard and these businesses that are really hard making this money 
you owe it to yourself to spend some time educating yourself on how to manage that money. And, you know, when you really think about it that way, like how many hours we spend trading our time for money and you might be in a job you really like or in a career you really like, and that's great, but you still have an opportunity to make that money that you're making and make the most of it. And learning to invest can mean the difference of hundreds of thousands of dollars in retirement. And I don't say that lightly. That's not hyperbole. That is if you're investing consistently and you learn the basics and you start making the most of your money, you can start growing your money in simple ways quickly. So I would just say not to be discouraged by the financial jargon. Find someone that is relatable or a book that's relatable. And I'm happy to drop some resources, Jen, in the um, in the show notes here. I have a, a free investing guide that can help you get started awesome. as well. So I have a, a savvy investor starter pack and it just has some resources for you, some steps to take to get started if you're brand new. So that'll be in the show notes. But what I would say is at the end of the day, no one's going to care about your money more than you do and you work really hard for it. So you owe it to yourself to learn about it and make the most of it so that you can spend more time with people you love, doing things you love and chasing whatever dream is in you. Love it. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for that reminder, because sometimes we need it. We get stuck in the day to day routine and work and life and everything. So sometimes we just need to hear that. Thank you so much, Tess. This has been so fantastic. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Jen. I, I so appreciate being here. And thank you so much for having me. Feeling better about investing? I know I am. And I know some of, the, you know, I don't know all the things. But because of what I do, I do have the knowledge. But even me, just even talking to her, I also got out of something out of this conversation. So I hope that you did too. And here's the thing. If you have that perfectionist attribute like me, <laughs> I hope that with today's interview and with today's conversation, you realize that not doing anything, you're missing an opportunity to grow your money right? Your, that time component is so essential. So I hope that you take what you learn from Tess, that you take her resources. In fact, she has a wonderful resource called the Savvy Investor Starter Pack. It's a four-step toolkit to help you start to learn how to invest. Like you have no excuses if you haven't or something's keeping you paralyzed. She has that. I'm having, I have the link in the show notes. So make sure you check that out and just go ahead and connect with Tess. If you aren't already connected with her on Instagram, it's Wealth with Tess. She's got her website. All of these things are going to be linked up in the show notes. So I encourage you to check it out. Next week, I have a special life update and you're not going to believe what's happening. Uh, so if you want to hear what that life update is, what the unexpected change that has happened in my life, and it's not that we're moving again. Nope, we're staying put for a little bit anyways. I'm going to be sharing all the details, what it means. I'm going to give you all the ins and outs. So if you want to hear what this unexpected life happening is. I'm going to be sharing with that with you next week. What up was that is everything. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. I know you have a lot of podcasts to choose from, but you chose us today and I greatly appreciate it. You can check out the show notes over at jenhempel.com forward slash 389. That is jenhempel.com forward slash 389. Remember that being the reina starts now simply by claiming it. I believe in you. And so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.